Welcome to the Airshares Podcast with Mavis Gregg and Otis Jennings. Hey, Mavis. Hey, Otis. How's it going? <laughs> Good. How are you? Oh, great. Thanks. Some families lose land. I keep hearing stories of this. It's happened to us. Mm. Uh, they're usually sad stories. Sometimes it's from neglect, right? We didn't pay our taxes. Nobody paid the tax. Everybody else thought somebody else was paying the taxes died. But sometimes it's from predators, mm-hmm. I call them. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. So in the context of heirs' property, of family land? Yeah, about family land loss. Yes. And the predatory practices. Yes, there's numerous ways. One of the ways that comes to mind uh, immediately is through what's called partition action. When families own when family members own land together that they've inherited, we call it heirs' property, the bundle of rights that they have is referred to as tenants in common. So each owner is a tenant and they're in common with the other owners. So they all own, they have, they all have an interest in the entire property. They don't have individual acres. They own the property together. They're responsible for the property. They should benefit from the property equitably. And any of those owners can transfer their share to a third party. Any owner as tenant in common has the legal right to seek what's called a partition action. There's two types of partition actions. There's a partition in kind, and that's when they physically divide the land. And then there's a partition sell action where the property is sold. And that applies to all tenants in common owned land, including family owned land. But what we've seen happen is that third parties will purchase or somehow acquire uh, a share of one of the family member owners. And then as a co-owner will enforce their rights to seek a partition action. And typically they're looking at a partition sale action, not a physical division. Instead, they're looking at family property where they know that there are enough landowners to create what I would describe as dynamic fractions, really confusing fractions, and argue before the court that this property is owned by all of these folks. It cannot be physically divided equitably, and we are requesting the property be sold at auction. And then they purchase the property at auction because they're able to outbid the family, and hence you have the loss. So that's one way is through partition actions, typically driven by third-party co-owners who acquire a family member's share of the property. And I would say that families who have heirs' property is so important to try, if you want to keep the property, it's so important to try to address this risk and offset it so that it doesn't result in loss. Another um, predatory practice that impacts heirs' property owners has to do with property taxes. So property taxes are ad valorem taxes, meaning that based on the value of the property assessed by the county collector and the rate, the tax rate, property owners are responsible for an annual property tax. And we know each state has their own laws. These are the state laws dictate what happens. But in a lot of states, local governments have the authority to determine how they go about collecting taxes, including decisions on 
where to mail notices <laughs> and what the notice requirements are. And so what will happen, often happen, is you'll have families that don't even know that they own land or that they owe property taxes because they're not receiving the correspondence. And then the tax collector will place the property um, in foreclosure, sell it usually for pennies on the dollar, and then the property is gone from the family. Now, that doesn't sound inherently predatory, but I believe that in certain areas, particularly in rural areas, in areas where there are systemic issues related to equity and race, there are practices driven by local governments, including tax collectors, that ultimately result in families losing ownership of their land through tax foreclosure sales. Other predatory practices involving local governments that I've seen or heard about include special assessments. So again, going back to our tax collectors, they'll issue an assessment on a property for something it could be to run a pipe out to the property or I don't know, I can't think of another example, but they'll make a special assessment and that assessment is so high, the family cannot afford to pay the assessment. And then a lien is placed on the property. The lien is not paid. And then the property is again, sold in foreclosure. And it, these are local governments. You know, These are local officials and municipalities taking these kind of actions. And again, in some places, they do it on purpose. There's a civil rights action in Sapelo, Georgia, Sapelo Island, Georgia, an area that has and historically has had a tremendous amount of property owned as heirs property. And more recently, local government was making special assessments for things that people didn't even necessarily need or ask for. And then they got liens on the property and were forced in sales. So that's another way of dispossessing. And then I've even seen a case where property owned by a family, the patriarch went to the hospital for a while, the county started tearing down <laughs> and bulldozing on the family farm and asserted that they owned the property and presented a deed from the previous owner to the county. The crazy thing was there was another chain of ownership to this family, the subject family that lost the land. And the deed that was represented, the county's ownership was executed by a person who was a ward of the estate, ward of the state, <laughs> meaning someone who was determined to be legally incompetent, wow. signed a deed transferring, purporting to transfer this property to the county mm -hmm. and so, to add to the egregious nature of the circumstance, a judge ordered that the property belonged to the county. So that was two different government actors doing, taking advantage of families and acting in a predatory fashion. You're making me depressed here. <laughs> Tell me about organizations, let's lift my spirits. Tell me about organizations fighting against this. Yeah. There are lots of organizations and attorneys, civil rights attorneys, but there are organizations like the Land Loss Prevention Project, which is a nonprofit law firm that has worked strenuously for 
close to 40 years with black farmers who lost their land because of predatory lending practices or because of, well, mainly predatory lending practices, but other things that black farmers experienced. The program that I'm a part of, the Sustainable Forestry and African-American Land Retention Project, that's a project that engages landowners who you know, still own their land and have forest land to engaging them in forest practices, but also supporting them to address the legal issues that could um, result in loss. And there are other examples. There's uh, the Georgia Airs Property Center, the Center for Airs Property Preservation. Across the Southeast, there's landowner cooperatives. There are thankfully a lot of organizations that are seeking to support landowners and educate. I have to say education for landowners is a big piece of this. Understanding what your rights are, understanding how things work so that when it looks like it's wrong, <laughs> some bad's happening, you have a better position to defend or advocate for yourself. Don't forget to sign up for early access to the AirShares app.